Chapter Ten of Short Stories for Short People. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Christine G. Short Stories for Short People by Alicia Stewart Aspinwall. The Runaway Watch. Lucy had come to spend a few weeks with her aunt at the seashore. She had arrived the night before and as the train was late, she had to go to bed directly she got to the house. After breakfast the next day, she went to the beach and was very much excited, for, do you know, she had never, never seen the ocean before. Her own home was in a city, far in the west, and this was the first time she had ever been away from it. When she came in sight of the water, you cannot imagine how surprised and delighted the little city child was. She gazed and gazed at the ocean, lying so calmly, quietly before her. "'And this is the great Atlantic,' she said. Then turning, she saw the beach. "'Oh, what a beautiful beach!' she exclaimed, and indeed it was, being very long and with hard firm sand, which was almost as white as snow. The waves were rolling up very gently. Ah, it was all unlike anything that Lucy had ever seen before, and very, very beautiful. She took out her watch, and looking at it, found that she had two hours before luncheon to remain in this enchanted place. And now, while she was holding the watch in her hand, I most describe it to you, for this story is really not about Lucy at all, but about her watch. In the first place, one glance at his fine open face would show anyone what a thoroughly good watch he was. He was always up to time, and was therefore very successful as a business watch. He employed several hands, but as he always kept them steadily at work, he never had a strike. He was a repeater, but not a gossip, and, in fact, required considerable pressing before he would consent to speak at all. When Lucy took her watch out, and it heard the roar of the ocean, it was so astonished that it actually stopped short. Like Lucy, this was its first visit to the seashore. The hands knocked off work, and rushing to the small glass window, looked forth at the astounding scene. Then back they scurried, and said to the master of the works, "'Our mistress is having a fine time in this sand. We, too, demand a holiday. We have kept steadily at work all these years, and please, please let us go.' The master itself was very much excited at what he had seen from the watch-window, and to tell the truth he was just as eager as they to investigate for himself, so he gave his consent, and out rattled the hands, the small cog-wheels, big wheels, mainspring, and everything that is in a watch, till the case was quite, quite empty. Then, being careful to keep out of Lucy's sight, these strange little things went rolling, rattling, clattering down the beach. The cog-wheels got clogged with sand once in a while, and one of the hands had to go and put him right again. The mainspring was broken, in one of his mad rushes, but that did not give any one the slightest uneasiness, for he was in the habit of breaking often, anyway, and always without the slightest provocation. They threw sand at each other, shouted, laughed, and behaved just as children do. At last one of the wheels caught sight of Lucy in the act of rising to go back. "'Hurry! Hurry!' he screamed. "'She will go without us!' And then how the works flew. They had never, when in the case, been known to hurry in the least, but now they fairly jostled each other in their eagerness. The hands kept themselves well in hand, the mainspring, broken as he was, did spring, and the cogwheels cogged, and they finally did get there, just in time to fly breathless into the case, but not in time to brush off the sand. Lucy, fortunately, did not take out her watch. 
If she had happened to do so, I am sure she would have been much astonished at its condition. The works, meanwhile, had somewhat recovered themselves. The wheels took their places, the hand theirs, and the headmaster gave the order, standing before them. Tick, tock, tick, tock, go! And they all bent to their work, only to find that they were unable to get on at all. Scratch, squeakety, scratch, was the only sound they could make. Then the hands quarrelled, each accusing the other of not doing his work, and so stopping all the machinery. Then the wheels took it up, one saying to the other, "'It is your fault!' "'It's not!' was the indignant answer. "'It's yours!' "'Hush, hush!' said the case. "'I will settle this matter for you.' And as he naturally knew more about the case than anyone could, they listened respectfully. "'You don't get on,' said he, "'simply because you are clogged with sand.' "'He is right,' said the master, "'and we can do no more till we go to the watchmakers.' That night, when Lucy tried to wind her watch, it wouldn't wind. She listened, and there was no friendly tick-tock to be heard. So the next day she took it to the maker, who was very much surprised when he examined the works. "'Well, well, little girl,' said he, "'what have you been doing to this watch? It looks as if you had rolled it in sand, thrown sand at it, and poured sand into it.' Lucy was very much ashamed, but as she really had no idea how it came about, she could say nothing. "'It must have happened yesterday,' said her aunt. "'And the next time you go to the beach, the watch had better remain at home.' And so the works were punished for their naughtiness, for they never got even a glimpse of the beautiful ocean again, and had to remain quietly in their case ever after, saying, "'Tick-tick, tick-tick.' And sometimes, if you listen very closely, you may hear them say, softly and regretfully, Atlantic, Atlantic, Atlantic. End of The Runaway Watch